This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Blood Red podcast. I'm your host, Sam Carroll, and I'm also joined by Kiefer O'Neill, Sean Bradbury, and joining us by phone today is your Liverpool correspondent, James Pearce. Good afternoon, James. How are you doing? You OK? How's things with you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. All good. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to Kiefer and Sean in, in a second, but obviously the, the big talking point last night and today has been that Manchester United performance, if you can call it that, against Manchester City. What, what was your thoughts on the game and is the title race over for you, James? Uh, no, it's, it's definitely not over. Um, you know, it's a massive disappointment because I think, you know, all the build for a long time, that Manchester derby had been circled as as potentially the, the day when when City could stumble and the title race would be back in Liverpool's hands. But you know, I, I think probably the Goodison last weekend provided a bit of a dose of realism in terms of the prospect of that really happening. Um, and you know, ultimately, for all the talk about you know what would United fans rather, what was the lesser of two evils, you know, would they be you know, effectively wanting their own team to lose with their own team, not not want to get the job done. You know, that that all went out of the window, really. I don't think it was a question of attitude or application on United's part. They're, they're just a pitifully poor team. And they, you know, they, they made a, a half-decent fist of it for 30, 35 minutes. But then second half, there was just a ridiculous golfing class and... Um, it was. It, it was. You know, I, I think a lot of Liverpool fans probably turned off before the end because um, you know hope, any hope of uh, United doing Liverpool a favour had, uh, had disappeared long, long before the end. But no, it's not over because you know I, 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 I still think going to go to Burnley at the moment is a more difficult position than going to Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, and, and then you throw into the mix the fact that you know Leicester beat City the last time the clubs met. I think that was back on Boxing Day. And then even Brighton on the final day, you know, who knows what's going to, you know, Brighton, you could have a situation where they need a result in that game to stay up. So, um, no, it's definitely not over. And, and, and someone in the office this morning commented saying there's not one of those fixtures really that you'd swap for one of Liverpool's is there is that an assessment you'd agree with? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, I, I certainly you know don't expect Liverpool to, to drop drop points in their final three games. I think you, you wouldn't you wouldn't swap any of them for for what City have got. Um, you know, I'm sure obviously all the the usual platitudes will be trotted out ahead of Friday night, but you know you you can't get a much more a pleasant fixture than, than playing at home to a, a team that already relegated. Then you've got you know a, a trip to Newcastle, which you know that's probably the, 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 if there's one that concerns me at all, it's probably that one just because you know, it's away from home. It's on a Saturday night. Um, you know the atmosphere will be decent in St James's, but you know then again you, you are playing against a team that's safe and has got nothing to play for. And then on the final day. Anfield being the future it is, I know Wolves have had a fantastic season, but again, um, you know, I'm worried about that one. So I don't think it will deflate Liverpool. I think the mission is to get to 97 points, and, and you know whether that will be enough or depends on events outside of Liverpool's control. And Sean, are you in Camp Pierce that the the title race is very much still alive? 
Yeah, I, I think so. Um, uh, like Jay says, and uh, like the, the question you put to him of would you, would you want City's fixtures or would you want Liverpool's at, at this point? I think you can make a case for City dropping points in all of those. I know we've been doing that, making cases for City dropping points literally every game for the last couple of months. But but yeah, Liverpool. Um, Obviously, with the with the two fixtures at home compared to City having two away, and the, the scheduling as well is a factor now. Like the uh, Liverpool play ahead of City this weekend, and then the following weekend as well with the Newcastle game, they'll, they'll play ahead of them, and that throws the pressure back onto them a little bit. Um, I, I, I agree as well. I think the, the Burnley one for City is is the one that feels like they could drop points in. I think the fact that they're out of the Champions League and they'll be getting midweek rests after this weekend, uh, whereas Liverpool obviously won't. There's no excuse really for them to to not be taking uh, four points from the from the last couple of games, but yeah, it's uh, it's all about Sean Dice this weekend, hopefully. Keith, there was a kind of sense that last night could be could be pretty big for Liverpool in in their pursuit of of the title. You know, Manchester United out of those four fixtures certainly seemed like a, a, a better chance of, of taking points off City. Did, did, did you sense a little feeling of, of deflation last night and this morning or, or are you still upbeat about the chances? Yeah, you, of course there's a little bit of deflation there. You're watching and you're sort of hoping for another team to win, which is like, you know, the bizarre sort of thing we have to do now. Um, but yeah, I'm just like James and Sean. You've got to remain upbeat because, you know, with this Liverpool team, whatever happens, we finish second with probably the most points ever in a second place. Um, and... You know, we probably will just lose one game, and that that is heartbreaking if we do not win the league. But at the same time, you know, there's still that possibility there. You saw it with City going to the last day. It went to the last day in 2013-14. Obviously, it was sort of already over by then, but it did mathematically go to the last day. You saw obviously what Aguero done to um, uh, beat United that year. That was you know very very famous in their history. So you, you, you're sort of hoping for something like that. So with each game, we've been doing this anyway, but I think they've won, is it like 14 on the bounce or something ridiculous? And, you know, you did sort of expect maybe a little blip at speed bump in the road and that hasn't come. And that's, you know, oh, that we can only say what a, what a great team the City side are. And watching them last night, as James said, after like 30, 35 minutes, United seemed to just sort of go back into the, oh, well, we put in a bit of a good performance, so now we'll just sort of... And then City just stepped up a gear. And it was quite scary to watch them, you know, how good they, they did look on the ball. And they've looked that good all season. So, you know, if we do lose it, we're losing to a really good team. But at the same time, I've still I've still got hope. And, and James, just to pick up on what, what Kiva says there... You, with how good this Manchester City team are, do you think if, if if we did get to the end of the season and Liverpool finish on 97 points, but, you know, do finish second, do you think for Jürgen Klopp and the players, will, will it be a sense of disappointment, but ultimately kind of having that realisation that it's still been a, a magnificent season, a record-breaking season, and, and that this Liverpool team is built for the future, isn't it? There's there's no old, old heads in this team, you know. This is a team that can challenge for silverware domestically and, and on a European front for a long time. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the massive difference between this title challenge and, and what's happened previously to Liverpool in, in the Premier League era. Cause you, you, know, you look at you know, going back to the the Julie team and what was that, two thousand and one, oh two, and Benitez's team in oh eight, oh nine, and then Rogers' team thirteen, fourteen. It was the, the title challenge was like you know, it was a flash in the pan. They they came close and then immediately slipped back into the the chasing pack and, and suddenly became also rounds again. And that that won't happen this time. And I think I think that is what you know, if if Liverpool do fall short, and that's still if at the moment, I think. 
you know, I think that will provide a lot of comfort. The fact that you know, I think 2013-14, I think most fans knew that you know that was that was a title challenge that came out of nowhere. Liverpool nearly won the league that year without a defence. You know, they conceded yeah. 50 league goals, and 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 then and then you had the business with Suarez, and you know, as soon as it was clear that he was going, you think, you know, how on earth do you? Try and replace someone of that caliber. They, they, you know, they squandered that money and, and, and slipped away. Now you look at this: the health of the of the squad and the club in general. Now, both on and off the pitch, is so so different. You know, you, you, you just you only have to look at the age of this team. You know, their best years are still ahead of them, and all, all the top players are nailed down on you know four five year deals. Um, you know, Liverpool aren't going to lose anyone that they want to keep this summer. You know, there'll be a bit of deadwood shifted. But you know, the clock has made Liverpool, you know, a place where top players want to put down roots and, and stay for the long term. And so yeah, I think, you know, if if they do come up short, I think that'll be you know, that that'll be the, the big source of comfort. The fact that, you know, Liverpool will be right up there again. Um, next season there's absolutely no question about that I think you know I, I love the quote the club about what he said you know he was asked about the, the pressure of this title race and he said you know he's told the players this is our first chance to win it it's not the last chance you know this, we'll, we'll, there'll be other opportunities that come our way in the next few years and I think I think that's spot on and to move to move slightly away from the game last night, but but to stick with you, James. Obviously, the the PFA Player of the Year by the time everyone's uh, PFA Team of the Year by the time everyone is listening to this has been announced this morning. Four Liverpool players make the cut: six Manchester City uh, stars as well, and Paul Pogba makes the midfield over Genie Wijnaldum. James, give me your thoughts on on, on that snub for for Genie. <laughs> Do you know what? That's, it is just absolutely bizarre, isn't it? That Paul, <laughs> Paul Pogba is has made. You know, I, I just the number of times I've seen him play this season, and he seems to just stroll through games. And I, you know, I, I can only think that when the you know the, when 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 the, the voting took place, he must have just had. You know, he has a handful of decent games, doesn't he? And and, and he must have just timed it perfectly. Um, in the minds of a lot of footballers, that must have quite. But poor memories in terms of what they've seen further back because um, you know based on, on the last eight or nine months it, it, you know, it's, that's just absolutely ridiculous that Paul Pogba is in the, the PSA team of the year um, you know especially when you think he absolutely down tools and, and went AWOL for, for, the, for the few months before Mourinho got the bullet um, so yeah it, very very strange and, you know, especially when I think about the season that Jeannie Wijnaldum has had um, you know, just absolutely compare his contribution and the effort he's put in to what has been a record-breaking season for Liverpool compared to to Pogba. That's that's crazy. I think you know you could also make a case that Mo Salah's unlucky. Um, you know, I, I think probably Salah is a bit of a victim of his own success in the last season in terms of people judging him against that. Um, you know, I think if he hadn't had that season last season, say this had been his first season. In the Premier League, I think he probably would have would have made the cut as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, brilliant for Virgil Van Dijk. You know, wait, obviously, uh, we know that he's beaten Raheem Sterling to the, the PFA Player of the Year. You know, that's you know an, an, a nice personal accolade for him. And I think certainly the, the, the players have got that one absolutely spot on. I know there's been a you know, they've been it seemed to have been a bit of a, a change in the last month or so, and a bit of a clamour for for Sterling to to win that prize, but. You know, I think when you base it on on a player that's made the biggest difference to their team over the course of the entire season, it has to be Van Dijk. You know, he's been absolutely immense, and you know, 
just his, you know, the leadership and organisational skills and the, just the, you know, he's an, he's an absolute machine, isn't he? You know, he's played in every single Premier League game. Um, such a key part of the defensive solidity that's carried Liverpool so, so far. So d- delighted for him. Um, and, uh, you know, and also for Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy Robertson, you know, that, you know, more proof that they are the two best fullbacks in, in the Premier League and Sadio Mane getting in there as well. Um, so yeah, four Liverpool players in it. I think it could easily have been five or six. Sean, Sadio Mane over Mohamed Salah, a decision you agree with? Yeah, I, I agree with what Jay said. Like last season, it would have been so hard for Salah to have kind of maintained those standards. And if he got that level of output again, well, you know, that would have just been unbelievable. But he's been fantastic. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably just about side with, with Mane there. I think he's, he's improved. He scored important goals. Salah had that run in December where he was, he was absolutely phenomenal. Liverpool won eight out of eight and felt like every week, maybe even twice a week in, in, in Europe and in the league, he was, he was digging Liverpool out of holes and getting really important strikes. But then Mane, that, the, the run kind of at the start of 2019 and scoring so many first goals and, and important ones, I, I think I'd edge with him. Um, and I agree with Jay totally on, on Wijnaldum. He was, he was a model of consistency for, for several months in the season. Maybe, like James said, the, the voting came at the right time for Pogba and the wrong time for Wijnaldum in that he, he has had a little bit of a, of a dip in recent months. But he's had, he's had important contributions and I think everything he does that maybe won't make the highlights package at the end of the game, whereas Pogba's will, you know, Pogba will step up and he'll score a penalty, he'll get, he'll get an assist maybe. Um, but Wijnaldum is, is work off the ball and just what he offers to Liverpool midfield in, in several different positions that he's played in this season. I think he, he fully merits being in there. Uh, the other one as well, on a non-Liverpool basis, I think Hazard's very unlucky for this. Chelsea have blown hot and cold, but I think he's been very good. Um, maybe you'd have had to crowbar him into midfield slightly to, to get him in. But um, but yeah, Genie, very unlucky there. Kiva, do you think sometimes we take Trent Alexander-Arnold for granted? I mean, you're looking at a 20-year-old lad who plays week in, week out for one of the biggest clubs in world football. He's played in the Champions League final. He's represented this country in a World Cup. Do you think he's finally now starting to get the recognition he deserves? Obviously, with his peers voting for him in this team. And how good has he been for you this season? Yeah, he's been phenomenal. Um, ever since he walked into the team, he hasn't really been moved, has he? He's just been this sort of this rock-like figure there a um, couple of injuries been out but other than that he's been a permanent fixture and um, it's a testament I think to his just not only his natural football ability but his attitude is just really strong and great and obviously he's a scouser he's a local lad he, this means the world to him playing for Liverpool so for him to receive such recognition from his peers and you know I think it is a big thing and you know we've we've sort of Right back, like James said, such a young team. It feels like these these roles are already, you know, for the next ten seasons. Like you don't think Trent's ever going to leave Liverpool. You can't really see it ever happening because, you know, he's a Liverpool fan, and you'd like to think he, he'd stay for, you know, be a, a one club man like Jamie Carragher and and so on. So you know, it, it it is just sort of you overlook him. You know, he has been he's been to the World Cup, Champions League final, but I think that's just a testament to him, isn't it, that we are overlooking him. And and just to, to quickly finish on the PFA with, with you, James, and it would be a miss not to not to also mention that Alison Becker was quite unlucky to miss out. Do you think sometimes with how good Virgil's been this season, people forget the impact that Alison's had? You know, no one's ever spoken about that price tag because he seamlessly slotted into the into the Liverpool team and you know as as quickly cemented himself as one of the world's top, if not the best goalkeeper in the world on on current form. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good shout. I think um, 
I think yeah, that, that must have been a, a, a tight call. Um, I think Allison can be massively proud of the impact he's had in his, his first year at the club. I think you know he's adapted really well to the, the demands of English football, and it, it, we've seen time and time again, haven't we, the value of, of Liverpool breaking the bank and investing in a in a proper world world class goalkeeper because you know they, they managed to get to the Champions League final last season without one um and, and it ended up costing them massively in in that final in Kiev and um you know the upgrade with Allison has, has just been absolutely huge and I think you know, he him and Van Dyke kind of feed off each other. You know, I think two two active players who absolutely kind of lose that class and and composure and make players around them better and um yeah, he's you know he's he's he's, he's really, really really delivered for Liverpool, Alisson. I think um, you know there was a couple of high-profile errors, um, you know, in the, in the first half of the season that people people pounced on, and and, and that's when you see what a, a goalie, especially, is made of. You know, can they hand, handle that scrutiny and and stick? Which I, I think he probably would have been subjected to earlier on in his career, and um, and he responded absolutely magnificently to that, and. Uh, Second half of the season, you know, he's 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 almost been you know flawless really. Um, so yeah, it's you know I, I think that would have been a really tight call over the goal the keeper's position. You know, no 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 spot in there for Alison Becker, but you know there's there's no question that uh, he, he's he's you know he's well and truly repaid the faith that Klopp showed him when Liverpool spent all that money last summer. So not only are we locked in a title race with Manchester City in in senior football. In the FA Youth Cup final tonight, uh, Barry Luthas's young Reds uh, are taking on City at the Etihad campus. James, you're gonna you're gonna be there tonight. Just give us a little preview and and what to expect for that one. Are you, are you confident that, that these Reds can bring home the first FA Youth Cup since 2007? I, I truly hope so. Yeah, I think it's going to be tight. Um, you know, if, if, if Liverpool had the benefit of home advantage, I'd, 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 I'd say that, that they would go into it favourites. But I think with the fact that it's over at City. Uh, it's probably a 50-50 shout. You know, the, I think the teams have met, only met once this season. That was back in the autumn when uh, when Bobby Duncan got a, a very late winner against his former club, and uh, you know, how Duncan and, and Liverpool would absolutely love history to repeat itself tonight. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna. You know, there's, there's always an edge edge to it. You know, I know it's, it's academy football, but this is like the the biggest prize in in youth football you know it's it, the, the FA Youth Cup the kind of the the importance attached to it is almost what you know the FA Cup was 30 40 years ago um yeah, and you know this Liverpool team uh, under 18 level have, have had a, a fantastic season you know really unlucky in the UEFA Youth League to to go out on penalties over in Zagreb um you know they're still locked in a title challenge with, with Derby County in the under 18 Premier League and uh, and now they've got the opportunity to, to write history. You know, as you said, you know, it's been what ten years since Liverpool even got to the FA Youth Cup final. Twelve years since they won it. Um, you know, the scheduling hasn't done them too many favours. I think uh, you know, Liverpool were, were pretty angry about the fact that the FA sided with City and insisted the game took place tonight because uh, initially Liverpool were, were understood that it would be played in May. Um, you know, the FA ended up siding with City on the basis they said BT who are broadcasting the game live wanted it to be tonight and also there's an England under 17 to get together next week which quite a drastic change in their plans they were over in Dallas for the Dallas Cup last week and ended up having to field weakened teams in that competition 
and then flying home early at, at great expense to uh, to prepare for this game. So I think all of that just adds a bit of extra fire in the bellies. I think um, you know this this under 18 team has you know have, have, have had some fantastic experiences both domestically and in and Europe this season. Um, you know they'll they'll be well prepared. I think. Um, and you know, you know, there's, there's so so many, so many exciting young players coming through. I mean, Paul Glatzel and, and Bobby Duncan. I think what are they? Fifty nine goals between them this season. Um, you know, an absolutely deadly double act up top. And then um, you know, at the other end of the field, uh, Reese Williams, who he's he probably impressed me more than anyone in that team this season in terms of a young player that's made such giant strides forward. I know they've been showing in videos of, of Virgil Van Dijk and. Um, and they certainly seem to be paying off because uh, you know, he, he's, he's been the kind of defensive colossus in that under-18 side, and, and also you know a big night for Barry Lucas, the manager, who you, know, you, you don't really get any bigger boots to fill than taking a job on from, from Stephen Gerrard, and yeah. you know, of course Barry's background was very very different. You know he'd, he'd worked his way up from the rank through the you know working at under 10s, 12s level. And um, you know, Alex Singlethorpe put a lot of faith in him, giving him that job. But he's um, he certainly repaid them in in terms of you know the the, uh, the players clearly love playing for him. They he's got them playing this really exciting attacking brand of football. Um, and I know you know that we, they, you speak to youth coaches and they always talk about how it's about development rather than necessarily winning trophies. But um, you know, winning trophies is a nice habit to get into and. Certainly, this team deserves to win something after the entertainment they've given everyone over the course of this season. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, they'll get their hands on that trophy at the uh, at City's Academy Stadium tonight. Well, James will be there at the Academy Stadium tonight, providing live updates for the Liverpool Echo. Keep up to date with James. James. Uh, apparently you've got to love us and leave us now. So, thank you so much for joining us, and, and we'll carry on the the podcast uh, without you. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon, James. Thank you very much. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And that was James Pierce joining us from James Pierce Land. Where do you, James where do you Pierce reside? HQ. James Pierce HQ, indeed. And, and we move on, and now it is just me, Keith O'Neill, and Sean Bradbury. We hope you carry on listening to us for the final. Oh, they're all part. going to turn off now. Probably do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame them. We need to give a mention to Paul Wheelock in the corner here, by the way, who was just sat here, staring at the screen, making sure that phone call all went smoothly. So thank you to Paul for that. So we'll, we'll move on to the to the game tomorrow, guys. Um, Sean, will your dad be there, season ticket holder? He will. Will, he you, will. will you be there? Are you I'll, I'll be there alongside him, yeah. Alongside. I've, I've, Excellent. I've kept my season ticket uh, since I've come to this new job. And uh, yeah, not, not many games we've been to where, with, with Dave. Dave Brad, give him a little, Dave, little Dave, shout yeah. out on the pod. Um, yeah, Hi, look, Dave. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll both be there. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be the one of of the six games left for Liverpool and and for City. The, the three each. This is the one that surely is. I, is I thought you were saying city. the six is in three Premier League games, two semi-finals, <laughs> and, and a Champions League well, final. Fingers crossed for that as big well. Claim. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, surely this is one that you can make a couple of changes for. I'm sure we'll come on to team selection, but it, it's it's. I don't want to tempt fate, but it should be as near a, a certainty as you can get. I mean, sometimes you look at Fulham and Huddersfield, who've both been relegated so far, and Fulham have had a little bit of a bounce here. They've got a, got a couple of results, put in a couple of decent performances since their, their kind of fate's been sealed. But Huddersfield on, on 14 points with, without much hope. I don't think they've won since is it February in the league. You know They've had a, had a shocking run all season, and, and especially since since they've kind of gone down. So Liverpool should be should be all right in this one. Fingers crossed. So, how, yeah. 
how how mass scale do you go on those changes? Would, would, with Barcelona coming up, are you happy for Klopp to com- completely rip it up and your Origi's and your Sturridge, Lallana, or do you still have to be sensible and kind of take stock of not underestimating anyone in this Premier League? I, I think there's a bit, a bit of both. Who, who, in, do, you, who do you hand rests to if you're Jurgen Klopp? I'd be looking at the, at the back to get, certainly to get Gomez some game time. Um, I think Jay did a piece about um, Matip and how you know he's rightly been kind of one of the the heroes of Liverpool season and a little bit unsung. And I think he said he something like sixteen out of seventeen in all competitions he's he, he started. So he's had yeah. he's had quite a long run. I know you could maybe make a case case for Reston Van Dijk, but it's it's a big call that um, you know he's kind of pretty indestructible. He's been there. He's been so solid for Liverpool. I'd maybe give Matip a rest and look to get. Go miss some game time because um, he's obviously had featured off the bench a couple of times, but um, he he would be great to have a, a little bit more, a little bit more on his legs, and I think he's someone who Klopp could maybe look to use against Barca. So he'd come in for me, may, maybe a change in the forward line as well. Um, with, with Salah uh, having his having his stint trip off to America, I thought maybe this week maybe he'd be one who could potentially be benched and maybe bring Origi in, um, and midfield wise as well. I think. I'd almost start backwards, look at who you're going to play in Barca, um, and then that's where you can mix it up a little bit. So overall, I think if it was three or four changes with with the big guns on the bench if needed, I think that would be pretty sensible. That's an assessment you you agree with, Kiva? Is there anyone you want you to see want to feature? all that, what he just said. You, you want to repeat what you just said? We got the recording, I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I agree with that, and I feel like, like you say about Van Dijk, he just seems a player that just never wants to rest, like, mm. and he doesn't need it. Like he would just eat minutes, like for breakfast. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm playing all the time. Where Matip, I feel like, is a player who's probably thinking, do you know what I could do with a little sit yeah. on the bench? Like this has been, what a run this has been. So, um, I probably would bring Gomez in as well, and it'd be great to see him, you know, start. Obviously, we've seen him come off the bench, and um, it'd be it'd be great to see him to have have more of an impact and get get some more minutes in his legs. Any any word for the for the forgotten man, the the power cube that is Jadon Shakiri? <laughs> Do you know what? That's an interesting shout, isn't it? It's almost like he's just been this player. We've just sort of like Klopp sort of just resigned him now to the bench. I don't think there's anything sort of there in that. We probably digging too deep sometimes to look into this big situation but I don't know maybe he could come on and you know Huddersfield fans coming to Anfield they'd just be thinking you know we're already relegated here let's just go and have a nice day out because we don't know when we're going to see the Premier League again we don't know when we're going to see you know Anfield again big stadiums like that you know they've such a we have to just say as well, what a heroic couple of seasons it's been for them. And, you know, it is, it's sad to see that. Keeper going, O'Neill really writing off Huddersfield's chances here. <laughs> no, no. Come I, for the day No, but, I, you know, the, them, the fans of the Terriers will probably say it themselves. You know, we are, they, they want to see the team give something. And, you know, it would be as a look of Fulham, like, you know, against Everton. They, you know, when teams are relegated, they just seem to go, hang on, we're going to actually just play for something. So, you know, I'm not writing them off altogether. We have to still be careful. That's why I'd completely have Van Dyke there just seeing how everything goes and just running a running a tight chip as he has done all season. Um, and then the midfield, like you say, that's a, been a conundrum in itself. And mm. I think obviously looking to Barca, which is, you know, not overlooking Huddersfield, but we kind of are. You've got to look to Barca, haven't you? And think, you know, who do we want to do? Do a, do a job against them so you, you do like Sean says work backwards and I'm sure Klopp will have it in his, in his plans what he wants to do with that I'd probably fancy Milner probably starting against Huddersfield cause, but then he always Klopp likes to play Milner in the big games in the Champions League so yeah. you just you don't know what he's going to go with um, M- Moreno? Pro- Moreno Sean? 
I I don't know. I I don't. You know, it's really not great for Alberto when you wouldn't even consider <laughs> throwing him in against Huddersfield. I think <laughs> if there was to be a kind of a bit of a wild card inclusion, I, I think your point about Shakiri is is a good one. It'd be the perfect opportunity, wouldn't it? Yeah, and and if if there is a case to give Salah a rest or you know keep him on the bench at least, then Shakiri's maybe the most obvious like for like, and then you could potentially save Origi for possibly a big half hour in Barcelona if if you know the Liverpool's front. Three gonna have to do a lot of chasing of the ball if if Barca are keeping it. Maybe Origi for for the last half hour off the bench is, is a good option there. So you can you can start Shakiri in this one and just uh, see how he gets on. I think if almost if we don't see Shakiri in this game, then you'd have to think what what is going to happen with what him in the summer. Him? Almost yeah, because it's it's been quite a while since he's featured. Quite a while seemingly since Klopp feels he can he can trust him with a game. And yeah, this one surely it, it certainly start him and see how it goes. And then you've got options on the bench. Uh, Moreno, uh, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I guess you know Robertson has he's, has played played a lot of football, hasn't he? But I think there's, there'd be a way of kind of managing that back line. Maybe even a shout for Gomez at left back. But I'm not sure we'll see Moreno in a Liverpool shirt again. No, I'd, I'd to agree be quite with that. honest. But um, you know he he's been an important sort of squad player in terms of morale boosting, I'd say. He's always smiling, isn't he? He seems happy. <laughs> like like what Mignolet's done all season, you know, he's sort yeah. of been in this, I'm not going to get a game pretty much. We got knocked out of both cups. He only got two games. Like, you know, I'm, unless there's a, a major injury to, you know, a key player, Mignolet and uh, Moreno have sort of had to be reclined to sort of, you know, taking a seat on the bench for most, most of the season. And yeah. So next, next on the line time, Three names in that three-man midfield, Sean Bradbury. This is the start of Friday start night. Um, yeah, no, so no to, to sit on the bench. Just name your three <laughs> yeah. bench midfielders. Yeah, every, every <laughs> the first one. <laughs> um, okay, so the ones who are, would think wouldn't start in Barcelona, um, I'm going to say Cater starts this one yep. and, and is an option off the bench in Barcelona. Yep. Milner, I think, starts this one because I think he'll go... Fabinho, Henderson, Wijnaldum in Barcelona. But then the, the tricky one is who's who's your deeper midfielder in this game uh, on Friday night? Because it's really got to be one of Genie, Henderson and Fabinho. Yeah. I'd, I'd say all being well after he had to come off um, at the weekend against Cardiff, I'd, I'd start Fabinho um, against Huddersfield. Hopefully he'll have a kind of relatively easy night of it. Maybe you can take him on, off after, you know, 75, 80. Um, yeah, so he, he'd be the one with Cater, Cater and Milner on the side of him. It, it is, though, before you, you know, it is still almost a, a week, isn't it, but between games. So do, do you think with your three key, are you going to go full strength or are you going to go with Sean? Um, I, I, I think Milner will probably come in. I'd like to see him. Um, and Fabinho, I think Klopp must have had some thinking in terms of resting him against Cardiff and then bringing him on. Obviously, he had that collision, so he went off like almost immediately. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Klopp's thinking, do it. Does he rest him again and want him the most fresh in the midfield? Because we've seen how good he, he's been the past past few months. He's come into himself and he, he just looks such a great great midfielder. Um, it's quite interesting, isn't it? I think, I don't know, I'd, I'd probably maybe give Wijnaldum a rest. It's, it's just such a... Di- the midfield has been just such a difficult topic of discussion for me the whole season because I'm like, I just want to play all of them, but like, <laughs> I don't really know who we should play. And then Klopp's kind of like, he just, when you think, yeah, it's going to be, you know, he'll go back to that trusted trio and then he just doesn't. And then you're like, okay, mm. so he just sort of, you know, you don't know who's going to play, but probably I think Fabinho comes in because just to see how he was after that little injury, he had the head injury. Um, and then you can bring these players off, but again, you, that's your engine, your midfielders, and then you, you probably 
if he if he does start the front three, Mane, Salah, and Firmino, he'd want and Klopp will surely want to bring them off for a rest. But I doubt he'll he'll start all three of them. And just to finish on our uh, social media pages today, we asked you fans for your play of the season, young play of the season, and goal of the season. So far, we've had a pretty unanimous response for two of those slots. Virgil van Dijk, obviously a very popular choice as player of the season, and young Trent Alexander-Arnold gets the nod uh, elsewhere. But we're getting a few different shouts for goal of the season. I'm just going to put a few here because there's a couple of good ones. Uh, Joe Do- at JoeDoc23, possibly a little reference to Jamie Carragher there. Uh, obviously Salah against Chelsea. Only At only four LFC goes for Divock Origi's strike <laughs> against Everton uh, at Anfield. At the, t- at the end of last year uh, Philippe Jalov I hope I've pronounced that right Philippe if you're listening uh, goes for Bobby's second goal against Arsenal mm. can anyone remember what one is that the one where he just kind of oh, slams through, 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 through yeah. a few of them good yeah, choice good, good goal. Uh, and then I like this one from at JusticeBC96 he goes for Virgil van Dijk Trent Alexander-Arnold and then the goal that wins us either the league or the Champions wow. League wow it's, it, I mean it's hard <laughs> to yeah. it, it will be some goal it will be some goal Shaqiri oh <laughs> uh, guys Player, young player, and goal of the season before we wrap up. I think we we tweeted ours before. I think we're going to be in agreement can, on the can first. You remember two. yours, Sean? Uh, yeah, just about <laughs> uh, Virgil, player of the season. I think, but not quite hands down. There's, there's a few other contenders. You know, Salah, Mane, um, Wan Adam, as we've mentioned. But but yeah, Vir- Virgil's the one there. Young player Trent. I think that's pretty pretty nailed on. And then goal. Oh, well, I think. In terms of like, you've been you've been quite cheeky with your goal. Yeah, on Twitter, I've, I've you? tried to kind of like hedge me better. I think storage against Chelsea, I just think was was a fantastic strike. The timing of it, the, the fact that it kept Liverpool's momentum up at, at a key time in the season when there was two or three teams going great guns and, and unbeaten, um, was huge. So I, that is my that's my choice. But then also I, I mentioned for Origi because that in terms of like the biggest let off the biggest celebration of the season uh, the maddest goal if there's a maddest goal category that, that wins it hands down so yeah that's got to be in there too um, yeah unanimous, unanimous can't even say that um, <laughs> for Virgil and Trent they've, they've been great it's mad to think that defenders are winning our like yeah. players of the season which is you know a lovely feeling for Liverpool fans <laughs> of defence we've had over the years um, and then the goal on the tweet I went for storage against Chelsea just for the meaning of it and sort of what it you know they were unbeaten at the time and it was kind of like you know it, we sort of it took them not out the race but it kind of you know it prevented us from losing our unbeaten streak and I think that was really important at the time for momentum of what we've gone on to do in the season but I've said it before I'll say it again I love a snide goal so obviously like <laughs> Divock Rigi even Toby Alderweireld's own goal um when Alden at Wembley. Imagine that. When, can, can we get to, Toby Alden? Yeah. If Liverpool win the league, let, let's get him down to the awards. <laughs> yeah, like, and, is, and give him it. Um, but yeah, there's, there've been so many good goals. The best goal that I missed live at Anfield because it might have been getting a refreshment, uh, <laughs> a, a little bit half-time beverage and taking too long was. Um, Firmino and Salah, their little against Bournemouth, I think, to make it 3 0, was it? Oh, that? Yeah. I walked out and the crowd just went, yay. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> um, and I also sort of missed um, Salah's goal against Chelsea, which was absolutely phenomenal because it was just so fast. I just yeah. sort of like hit, seen it hit the net and I was like, what is that? Like, who scored that? Um, so that up there for me for Salah, great goals. Well, Kiva, Sean, and obviously we had James on the phone as well. Thank you so much for joining me. 
please tweet Ian Doyle. Tell him how much you would like him back to host this podcast. <laughs> I've been your lone signing host. And you'll probably see me again in about six months' time. But I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Please stay on the Echo website tonight for live updates from James from Manchester as Liverpool hope to win the FA Youth Cup for the first time since 2007. And please like and review our podcast on Acast and on all, all our social media channels. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Let's hope for another big three points for the Reds tomorrow. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.